what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. When you partake of Christ, you're planning on leaving the world behind. You're not taking it with you. You're leaving the world behind. That old lifestyle, you're leaving it behind. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm pressing forth to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, would you turn with me please to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, move down if you will to verse 12. Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods, little g, against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment, I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood... I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. And I want to continue with the message we started last week, the Passover. The Bible tells us that during the time of Jacob, and God changed his name from Jacob to Israel, it was during this time that there was a famine in the land. And Jacob's youngest son, Joseph, he became the governor over all of Egypt. And during a time of great prosperity, he gathered all of the harvest for those seven years and put it into storehouses. And then when the time of famine came, there was food down in Egypt. And Joseph moved his father Jacob and his brethren down into Egypt. And Joseph secured the land of Goshen for the children of Israel to live in and dwell in. And the Bible says it was there that Joseph nourished his brethren. But as time went on, the Bible says that Joseph died and all of that generation passed away. And a new Pharaoh came on the scene. And he made slaves out of Israel and used them to build the treasure cities. And... The burdens became so great 
that the children of Israel began to cry out unto God. The Bible says that prior to that they were blessed and they had possessions and they multiplied exceedingly. But Egypt was not the place that God wanted them to be. So he allowed the famine. He allowed these things to take place. These things, he made, he made life uncomfortable for Israel and got them to a point to where they would cry out unto God. I wonder today how much God allows discomfort in our lives to get us where we need to be. Is anybody listening to me today? God knows what area of your life to touch to get you where you need to be. And God moved in a way. He allowed some things to happen to Israel and got them to a point to where they would cry out unto God. I wonder, what is God going to have to do today in America to get the church to cry out unto God? Let me just bring it on down to you personally. What is it going to take, sir, to get your attention and to bring you to God? Is it going to take a casket? Does a loved one have to die to bring you to God? It's a shame today that a lot of people have to be brought flat at their back before they'll come to God. But Israel came to a point of desperation, and they cried out unto God, and God called Moses. And God used the hand of Moses to deliver Israel. God used Moses, sent plague after plague, performed miracle after miracle, but still Pharaoh would not let the people go. Some ten times Moses went in before Pharaoh, let my people go. That was the message. The message never changed. Moses never compromised in the word that he brought forth. And still, we come to a point to where Egypt now literally lies in ruins. The mightiest nation on the face of the earth now lie in ruins. And Pharaoh still would not let the people go. Now I want you to get this today and understand this. God sent plague after plague. He performed miracle after miracle. And none of those mighty acts of God delivered Israel. It wasn't until the blood of the Lamb was shed that Pharaoh let the people go. And that is the only way Israel was delivered. And that is the only way that you, sir, you, ma'am, you, young lady, you, young man, that is the only way that you and I today can be delivered from Satan. It's the only way we can be delivered from the sin nature. It's through and by that shed blood of the Lamb. Exodus 12, verse 1, The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year unto you. Two things I want to say here. We touched on it a little bit last week. First of all, I want to address the unsaved. You don't know what life is until you apply the blood to your doorpost of your heart. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, you think, 
I'm really living it up. I'm going to have a good time. A lot of people this week, they got their stimulus check and they went out and they had a good time. One particular store over in Nashville, people were lined up out the door. They got their stimulus check, and they were going in there buying lottery tickets. You couldn't buy gas. You couldn't buy a hot dog. You couldn't buy a bag of tater chips. People were lined up getting lottery tickets. Rode by the liquor store last night. The parking lot was full, jam-packed. People in there getting their, their fifth, their vodka, whatever it is they, they drink and do with it. Went to the restaurant last night, celebrate my birthday, hour and a half wait. We went to four or five places and it was jam-packed. People got that stimulus and they were out having a good time, living it up. But this morning you just happened to go across that radio station and you're listening to me and your head's feeling like a bucket because you were up all night drinking and partying. But yet that's living it up. That's having the good life. Now let me tell you something. You don't know what life is until you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And He comes into your heart and He comes into your life. Let me tell you this. When you get saved, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you don't need Jack Daniels anymore. You don't need Budweiser anymore. You don't need Bud dumber anymore you don't need marijuana you don't need cocaine you don't need heroin you don't need anything that this world has to offer because god puts something down in your soul that's better than anything this world has to offer glory to god now let me deal with the christian those of us that are saved john 10 10 Jesus said, The thief cometh not, but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Christian has abundant life. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary and your acceptance by faith of what he did, you have more abundant life. But let me ask this question. How many are enjoying that more abundant life? How many are enjoying the benefits of what Jesus paid for? You cannot enjoy all the benefits of what Jesus did at Calvary until you learn a little bit about what he did at Calvary. That's why it's important for you to come to Sunday school. That's why it's important for you to come to church on Wednesday nights. That's why it's important for you to be at church on Sunday morning for worship service. That's why it's important for you to go to Established in the Faith during the week and listen to some of the messages or go to some Christian radio program. Find you something and get in the presence of God. Because the more you learn about the cross of Calvary, the more of the benefits you're going to have working in your life. And you'll have more abundant life. He said in verse 3 of Exodus 12, Speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, God's way has always been through and by the preaching of His word. Always. Even today, In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said in verse 11 of Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. All of these are verbal gifts to the church. Now, I operate in the category of a pastor. 
I operate in the category of a teacher. I do teach prophecy. When it says prophets, prophets were more preachers of righteousness than they were foretelling the future. So I am a preacher of righteousness. Am I an apostle? No. But I do preach what the apostles wrote in this book. And I don't care who it is today. I don't care if they're calling themselves an apostle. I don't care if they call themselves an evangelist. I'm an evangelist too because I give an altar call every week. So I I feel all of these positions to an extent. But it makes no difference who it is that you're listening to. If what they're saying does not come... From the Word of God, what's written in this book, you don't need to be listening to it. He said, Exodus 12, verse 3, In the tenth day of this month they shall take them out, every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. It's always been about the lamb. In Genesis, it was a lamb for a person, as Abel brought his lamb to God and God accepted it. In Exodus, it was a lamb for a house. In Leviticus, it was a lamb for a nation. And by the time we get to the New Testament, it was a lamb for the whole world. It's always been about the lamb. And in the book of Revelation, you'll see it constantly mentioned time and time again, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb. Everything that we have in the future is all pointed back to what Jesus did at Calvary, the lamb. Verse 4. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. The lamb was offered up for the whole house. But each individual inside that house had to partake. It became personal to them. And salvation is a personal thing. Jesus died on Calvary for the whole world. But you, sir, you, ma'am, as an individual, you've got to make it personal. You've got to accept Christ, and, and it has to be a personal thing to you. Verse 5, the lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats. Take it out from the rest. Speaks of separation, sanctification. You do not put Jesus Christ on the same level as Buddha. You do not put Jesus Christ on the same level with Mohammed. You do not put Jesus Christ on the same level as any other religion because Jesus Christ is the only one who ever claimed to be God and He is the only one that died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. And it's only through and by Jesus Christ that you can be saved today. Take Him out from among the sheep and among the goats. Verse 6. Keep him to the 14th day of the same month. The lamb was to be inspected for those four days. He went through a very tight-knit examination process. There couldn't be any spots, any blemishes, no scars, no bruises, because that lamb represented Christ, the one who was to come, the one who would never sin, the one who was born of the Virgin Mary. Glory to God. 
And the whole assembly, verse 6, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. The whole congregation participated in the killing of the lamb. You and I today had our part in Christ's crucifixion. From the nails in his hands to the nails in his feet to the thorns upon his head to the stripes on his back. He took all of that, ladies and gentlemen, for you and I. We all had a hand in it. And then he said there in verse 7, You shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein you shall eat it. They would take the blood after killing the lamb. And they would apply the blood to the two side posts. They would apply it here and here and then up here over the door. And that forms a cross. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It forms a cross. Take the blood and apply it. The blood has to be applied. Just as that blood was applied to the doorpost of a physical house under the old economy of God. Today, the blood has to be applied spiritually to your heart. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. Take up the cross daily, daily, daily. It's a daily thing. Take it up daily and follow me. He said in verse 8, and they shall eat the flesh in the night. Spiritually speaking, here in this country, it is night time. And it's only going to get darker, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says it's only going to get worse. And we are to partake of the Lamb in the night. Which means, okay, you can't eat if you're sleeping. He that has an ear, let him hear. You can't eat while you're sleeping. The problem is we got too many churches that are sleeping during the night and they're not partaking of the lamb. They're not enjoying the benefits of the lamb. Eat it in the night. Eating of that flesh speaks of trust and faith. Faith and trust. How is that? Well, you go to a restaurant today, and they set something down in front of you that's got a hair in it. I mean, I don't mean to gross any of you out, but I mean, you just ain't going to eat something that you don't trust. You ain't going to eat something you ain't got no faith in. Hello? If you walk into that restaurant, and they set your food down, and all of a sudden you look up and see a sanitation score of a C, I don't know that you're going to be having faith and trust in what's sitting there in front of you. You ain't going to eat it. So my point is, you have trust and faith in what you eat, that it's going to nourish you, it's going to help you. And let me tell you, when you partake of Christ and what he did at Calvary, it's going to nourish you, it's going to help you, it's going to change your life if you'll do it. All right. He said there in verse 8, roast with fire. Fire is typical of the judgment of God upon sin. Understand this today, ladies and gentlemen. All sin has to be judged. And Jesus took all that judgment when he died on Calvary. And you either accept that or you will be judged. There's no alternative. 
He said an unleavened bread, leaven and yeast, it has bacteria in it. It causes the bread to rise. It typified Christ. Christ did not have any sin. The unleavened bread didn't have any yeast in it. It all typified Christ. It was pure. And he said there, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Bitter herbs. They were to eat the bitter herbs and remember back in those days when they were slaves. Remember back when you drank so much alcohol you could float a boat in it? Remember waking up the next morning on the cold, wet ground, not knowing who you were or where you were? woman woke up one morning and reached over there and her husband went into bed with her. And she got up and went to looking for her husband. He had been out all night drinking. She looked out the window and there he was laying in the ditch in the front yard and his old goat was out there laying with him. And she hollered out the door, said, what are you doing laying out there with that old nasty thing? And that goat got up and walked away and left him laying there. Remember the days. Eat it with bitter herbs. Remember where you came from. Glory to God. I ain't where I ought to be, but thank God I ain't where I used to be. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And Dana, you don't have to say amen that loud. (laughs) He said, verse 9, Eat not of it raw, nor sodden it all with water. What Jesus did at Calvary was a finished work. It needs nothing added to it. And you have to be careful not to take away from it. Okay? Roast with fire the heads and the legs and the pertinence thereof. The pertinence has to do with the intestines. Sin goes deep, ladies and gentlemen. It's more than just a surface act that one commits. It is the very nature of the human being. And it eats away at the very vitals of the human being. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's what's killed every single human being. So sin runs deep. And what Jesus did at Calvary, he gave his all. And man's sin runs deep. But thank God we got a deep sacrifice. (laughs) Glory to God. What Jesus did at Calvary was enough. He said there in verse 10, Ye shall let none of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. Christ and what he has to offer, you've got to partake of all of it. You can't just pick and choose. But God's got everything that you need. He said in verse 11, And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded and shoes on your feet and staff in your hand. When you partake of Christ, you're planning on leaving the world behind. You're not taking it with you. You're leaving the world behind. That old lifestyle, you're leaving it behind. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm pressing forth the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Leaving the past behind with the staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste, 
latter part of verse 11. It is the Lord's Passover. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. If you're under the sound of my voice today and you're not saved, you need to accept Jesus Christ now before it's everlasting too late. You're not promised tomorrow. He said in verse 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Every one of us have that sin nature upon us, within us, and it wants to destroy us. But God said, no. Every one of us will die a physical death because of sin, but it will not destroy you. It will not destroy your soul unless you allow it. It can destroy your soul if the blood is not applied. If you apply the blood to the doorpost of your heart, when that death angel comes, you might die a physical death. But hallelujah, it will not be to destroy you totally and completely. You will have life. Matter of fact, you'll have more life than you've ever had because you will be with the Lord in glory. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But that's only if you've applied the blood. And he said, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.